On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if the season finale of Hellstrom saved the first season, if Storm can win Callisto's Flock's heart, and if Japanese Spider-Man is better than American Spider-Man. All of that and more on an all-new Superhero Show Show. Filterinos, and welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the whole gosh darn internet that watches and reviews every single TV show based on comic books and or comic book properties. I am your guest host for the evening, Mike Gravano. May I just point out that Talk even it. though I am not spo- I knew that I wasn't hosting, that we you are guest hosting, and I didn't pretend like I thought I was hosting and start the intro with you at the exact same time and then go like, what, what, what's going on? I do. That is, uh, it's a sign of maturity that you let me get 10 seconds in before interrupting instead of Tompkins. one second in Tompkins. Yes. Hello. That is how yes. a guest acts. Yes. yes. Tompkins, yes. you start the show <laughs> with a point. I'm Mike Gravano. Cassie Davis is on a much needed vacation. Uh, the U 20s, have a getaway this weekend. With me is Ryan, who you know and love and have heard. And we'll, if you've heard him, you don't love. We'll openly admit already that this show is absolutely off the rails. Mike, you are just not doing a good job so far. But it's see, you tell me that every time I host. That's which, not true. Uh, really feels like a dad teaching his kid to bicycle. You, and used, then, you used to host the hit podcast OCD, and I thought you were wonderful on that. But you, you let me finish the intro. Of that, that one. That is true. If there's Tompkins. anything else I've hosted, you just start screaming how it's off the rails, which is a great way to Tom- make it off the rails. Tompkins. Tompkins. Yes? I think you're doing a good job, Mike. Thank you, Tompkins. <laughs> Isn't Ryan... <laughs> Tompkins. Tompkins yes. doesn't know that the prize for Ryan winning the most amount of points is like $5,000. Like, it's nothing. that's nothing to me. I don't <laughs> give a shit about points. <laughs> Uh, this part also is not a competition. You can just say words. You don't have to say your name unless that's a new vocal tick. Uh, I don't want to make fun of you. I've had friends before. I hadn't seen them in a couple of years. And then they started to stutter in the time we hadn't seen each other. And I made fun of them because I thought they were doing a weird bit and learned, no, no, no. You can't just gain a stutter in your adult life. And then I'm the asshole. Let's <laughs> have a fun. I'm the asshole there. <laughs> intro. What, what have you guys done to friends to make it seem like you're definitely the asshole? Hold on. You, so you eventually learned that you were the asshole. But that means that before that, you thought that the guy who was stuttering was the asshole for stuttering. You thought that he thought, was clearly the villain in this. I thought, I thought he was cruelly making fun of a stutterer who wasn't in the room to defend himself. So how many because stutterers do you know? When we had hung out, uh, more than, no more than three. When we had hung out it, previously, he, there was no stutter. Hmm. It's fine. We made up. And now I know not to make fun of people because things so can the, just pop the up. The question is, uh, when did when when did we learn that we were the asshole? Yeah. Uh, um. Well, I could think of one. <laughs> I'm uh, glad you could, Ryan. Tom can thought of one and it made him chuckle. Hold on. <laughs> How many can you think of? Hold on. 
Oh, I thought of two. I thought of two, guys. Try to answer today, Junior. No, that's not. Christ. You sit in that. Come on. What? It's from the movie he likes. No, I, I don't watch that movie anymore because of all the fun it makes of stuttering. <laughs> Truly the, the one blemish in an uh, otherwise impeccable comedy career. So I think that we all know that when Tompkins was imagining when the time he became the asshole, it was 10 seconds later. Yeah, he's slightly yes. prophetic. <laughs> well, but I appreciate that as a guest who you're like, you know what? I don't have an anecdote. I'll make one live. Yeah. We're doing it live. We don't. You don't have to actually admit, gentlemen. Times you've been an asshole. We all know. There's been Mo- enough audio evidence. Yeah, most of mine are recorded for <laughs> the world to hear. Posterity's <laughs> sake. Tonight, I'm not gonna lie, is not a very special night. We're here to talk about the series, hopefully season finale of Hellstrom. But before that, let's get to a Rushmore. <laughs> Rushmore! As the history books tell us, Mount Rushmore is in whichever the Dakotas have more COVID deaths at the time you are hearing this, dedicated to the four presidents who helped the most American citizens die. But that is gruesome and grim. And instead, we're going to do dedicated to people who have uh, really helped us, demons from pop culture. Uh, before we start naming names, what what do demons mean to you guys? Tompkins. Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. And Tompkins. Um, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think, like, Satan is one, or Satan is... Oh, sorry, not naming names. Um, our Lord and Savior is one, or he maybe he's the daddy of all of them. They all came from his balls. Uh, I think that they're, like, uh, little play friends from hell for Satan. Demon's a fallen angel. Are you arguing or boosting? What what was that? That that that's not arguing. how a human normally talks. So I, I'm not. I'm, I'm arguing with arguing. Ryan. Demon's a fallen angel, and they are not Satan's babies. They're all angels who, uh, at the fall of you know back in Genesis, were like. So you're well, the super why- biblical. Yeah. Why asshole do they, almost all of them, wear leather jackets on the back, and on the back it says Satan's babies? Well, that's the gang they're part of. That's separate. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, it's a they're misleading gang name. Well, take that up with them. I'm just oh, yeah. No, I'm just going gonna, to argue with a demon. Do you, do you know what <laughs> like cool thing any group of adults could do is give themselves a club name? No matter yeah. how "quote unquote" cool or scary your club is, if you've named the group you hang out with, you're a fucking dork. That's yeah. true. And real quick, we'd like everyone. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone for listening to Superhero Show Show, a Pop Filter production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're not like we're the Hell's Angels. We're badass. Don't mess with us. We're blood. I'm we saying wear- that all the time. I'm like, don't mess with a Pop Filter. Big Papa filter. Yeah. You do not want to fuck with him. We are his babies. You're about to have 50 to 100 filterinos up your ass. That, see, that's scary. <laughs> and in this case, they all are my babies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tompkins, you are the guest. 
please give us the first submission to Mount Rushmore. I thought for sure you're going to say, please start acting like it. <laughs> <laughs> I will Take never. Take your feet off the car. Act like a guest. Um, this one, to me, is, is the slam dunk goat all-time uh, first ballot Hall of Famer demon, Pazuzu from The Exorcist. This demon is making you stab yourself in the vagina with a crucifix, making your mom suck. Can we say cocks on, on this podcast? Suck C yeah. words in hell. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> she, it's making your mom do that? It's, Some of her yeah. moms just are into that. Yeah. Um, and it's also coming up into you through the Ouija board. A lot of scary stuff here. Make your head spin around, literally. Throw you down a flight of steps. It's literally. literally. <laughs> yeah, Ponzu sauce has to end up right on here. You're right. Pazuzu. Ponzu, Isuzu. These are all things that sound like Pazuzu. We, ha- yeah. we can all admit. <laughs> We've listened to Weird Al's rap song about P- Pazuzu. Yes, uh, that goes right up on the mountain. It's hard to... Uh, Hard to argue with that. It's just, it reminds me that so many demon names um, sound like cute nicknames of what should be their full name. Like, <laughs> yeah. that sounds like what you would shorten it if you were its grandma. Like, oh, Pazuzu, Please. come here. Pazuzu Zela was my father. <laughs> you can call me I'm Pazuzu. baby Pazuzu. <laughs> I'm just a little baby Pazuzu. Ryan, what do you got? Um, I'm going to make a newer entry into the demon canon, and I'm going with Sean. Jean? Sean? Uh, Sean. Played by that one guy whose name I can never remember. Um, from The Good Place. Mm. That is Adam Scott? No. that's Oh. No, uh, this is uh, Sparks, Nevada, Marshall on Mars. Yes. But it's also yes. um, <laughs> Lieutenant Holt's husband. Yes. He is great, and everybody should know his name, but we do not. <laughs> Sounds like a... Except for us. Solid, maybe pile candidate. <laughs> uh, he's not wrong. That is, uh, I, I like this pick. Uh, Don't you think he should be wrong just based on him being such a piece of shit? Tompkins? Yeah. Don't you think he should go, like, Sean could go, should go on the mountain just because of how Tompkins acts? Uh, that's not the kind of host I am. I understand Mark, where you're coming from. Mark Evan Jackson. Mark Evan Jackson. Yes. That's what I was about to say. Sorry, Mark, Mark Evan, Evan Jackson. Jackson. I'm on a show with two pieces of shit. Sean <laughs> is on the maybe pile. Tompkins, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go, you know, normally I'm restricted to just movies on these, but but doing pop culture really lets you um, expand your, uh, your, your references. So I'm going to go something like very classic here. I am going to go with the bad boy himself, Mr. Satan, from... Dante's Inferno. What now? You get down to hell. You're going through the rings. You're seeing the haunty people, the people who done friggin' killed themselves. All that stuff. You get to the very center, and what do you see? It's Satan, frozen in ice, chewing on Judas's butt and stuff. What ring of hell is where you learn about the definition of pop culture? Uh, that's all of them. That's heaven. <laughs> that's heaven wait he's frozen and chewing at the same time he's like frozen 
in ice, sort of, but he's also he has three heads, and in each of the mouths is a famous traitor from history. So I believe Brutus is one, and Judas is another, um, and then a name that and, rhymes with those. Yeah, um, Clutus. And uh, Dante goes down and sees him, and then he climbs the devil's back and escapes hell that way and up into the Purgatorio. Yabba dabba do. Climb yeah. the devil's back definitely sounds like a euphemism for sex from like the 1920s. Yeah, for something that'll get you sent straight to hell. Did he write anything that like was more popular than Inferno, or was that Dante's peak? <laughs> mm. Uh, I, I I do agree with a snarky comment said earlier. I don't know if this if high literature counts as pop culture. So I guess for now that'll be in the maybe pile. Hmm. Ryan. Uh, yeah, I am gonna go with um, uh, even somebody though, who. Hold on. No, 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 no. We're done. Even uh, though I'm gonna go with somebody Dante who, uh, wrote Mike, famously oh, maybe, in Mike, his local Italian dialect. Can you get control of your dialect, fucking show here, please? Can you get control of your show? Not Latin. And popularize that entire way of speaking. And, and in fact, the whole part of the reason that Dante's Inferno is famous now is that it wasn't high culture. It was like written for the people. Like at the Shakespeare, time. sure. But like, I, I think the Rings of Hell are very iconic. But if we're talking about iconic Rushmore, if you had this three headed Satan guy, I don't people would be like, oh shit, that's the devil from Dante's Inferno. <laughs> so you're right. I'll amend the reason he's not on the mountain. It's not because that doesn't count as pop culture, it's because nobody will know what that is. Ryan? Dormammu. I was going to say Dormammu. He's, he's <laughs> a big villain in a movie. Like, I seriously got like two minutes le- for me left on this show. Like, can I go? I will not be here much longer. Can I? Your right, mama's on maybe's for now. Can I go? Sure. Black Philip from the Vavitch. Oh, that's a great maybe, Ryan. <laughs> We're speed rounding now. Um, I'm gonna go with the demon. Etrigan. His first name is Etrigan, and don't you forget again, because I think it's time that we listen to him rhyme. <laughs> that is a very good Etrigan it's, uh, uh, impression. It's, it's the personality trait that is really endearing for about 12 seconds, and then <laughs> then you understand why he's so scary, because he's annoying as fuck. <laughs> you each get one more, Tompkins. Only one more, but I have two good ones. You each get three more. Okay. Uh, can I, should I say them both at the same time? Never that Tibetan throat singing style. Um, I'll, I'll, I thought for that my, was your demon. <laughs> for the next one, I will go with um, a demon that is low key iconic. Uh, Violator from the Spawn, the clown guy. Nice. That is a great last choice from Tompkins, Ryan. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll just uh, I'll speak to our audience, and I will go uh, Tom Ellis himself. How about that for a pop culture Satan? I mean, not the actor. Uh, Lucifer from Lucifer. The show Lucifer where he plays Lucifer. Right. I do have one I mean, more. you have to have a, a Satan in here. Oh, no, you already said your last one. Your Ryan, what's on the maybes right now? What's on the mountain right now? I believe only one. It's Pazuzu. Host. Awesome host. Uh, <laughs> I was hosting and delegating. Your, your maybes are Lucifer, Sean from The Good Place, Satan from Dante's Inferno, Dormammu, Black Phillip, Etrigan, and Violator. Your Mount Rushmore of pop culture demons is Pazuzu, Black Phillip, Sean, and Lucifer. Everybody loved it the whole way through. Can I say what my last one was now? When we come back, 
the season finale of Hellstrom. It's Hellboy from Hellboy. In the season finale, and what is hopefully the series finale of Hellstrom, Anna and Mommy Dearest fight to get Damon back, and Chris accepts his new role as Keeper. Meanwhile, Gabrielle gives birth to the demon baby and is like, wait, all demons are bad, even half demons like Sexy Damon. This baby should be dead, and I'm hanging out with the blood now. Taste buds, I ask you this. A year from now, what, if anything, will stick with you from Hellstrom? Oh, the opening credits. Yeah. I, I think the opening credits are fucking awesome. We, yeah, I, we, it's kind of surprising we have not talked about them yet. Uh, for it's the a, listeners. Yeah, it's a, a instrumental version. Uh, well, not instrumental because it's voices, but no lyrics for Coral, Coral in the still of the night with these like uh, devilish children's drawings that scare me, quite frankly, half to death. <laughs> It is interesting because it like so in the still of the night is that like a doo wop song or is it just mm. the way they rearrange it? It's kind of doo y and it sets a pretty cool tone. And that's such a specific time period. You assume maybe they're going to be playing with any of that at all, and they write a check their ass cannot cash. Or you assume they put thought into this, like this is original, but that's where it all went. I mean, I, with especially with like TV production, that's like. I think a comment is like, there's one person who's clearly like, oh, I'm going to be very cool about my part of the job, but like, they're not the showrunner or whatever, so they don't right. get to. <laughs> That's why group yeah. projects suck. Yeah. They're like, well, that poster board looked great. And you're like, <laughs> brushing your shoulders so off, shitty? but you guys got a D. Yeah. Shout out to Shady Monk, by the way, uh, for that same thing for Pop Filter. Just the only creative original person <laughs> yeah. involved in Go the whole check thing. check out Shady Monk on Spotify on Bandcamp. He did uh, great, great tunes. I believe the title of this episode is uh, Does Hellstrom Deserve a Second Season? And, Mike, you answered that right away in the intro. Like, no. We all think no. No. Do you know what? Trying to think in this episode and throughout their season, but in this episode, what I like the most is towards the very end when they're having, like, we beat demons Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, <laughs> and it's Anna and Damon, uh, Keeper and Louise who raised Damon, and then uh, mommy, mommy Elizabeth Marvel. Damon is the warmest he's ever been. He hugs Louise because they thought she died, and it's the most emotion he showed. I was like, I kind of want to see a warm Mister Rogers type fight demons way more than another Damon Hellstrom type. Okay, yeah. in a separate show that isn't this, and not based on a comic book. Yeah, just for me. I mean, like you know, we we there there are definitely shows where you know, a couple seasons into it or whatever, all of a sudden they turn a corner. Mm -hmm. And I do think that the, like, elements within Hellstrom are a lot more interesting than, like, what is actually given to us. I think that there's, like, stuff that someone who is willing to be like, all right, toss all that out, we're, like, essentially starting fresh, could, like, work with this. I, I don't think that's likely, but... Part of what was dissatisfying about watching this to me was how much it was, like, you know, between, like, the credits. And also, like, I think that the concept is uh, interesting enough. It's not, like, completely new and unique or whatever, but it, it's not, like, a total rehash. Um, but then it's so restrained and, like, weirdly seems like it's almost going for, like, a, a Marvel tone in something that didn't need to well, um 
What's crazy about it, it, stuff like this always takes me back to uh, the thing that tried to start but eventually killed comic book movies, which was the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I didn't I've never seen it. I, I wasn't watching those movies back then, but uh, they took everything, everything that like makes Frank Castle Frank Castle. They were like, that's too comic booky. And then they just made a really bland piece of shit movie. But they were they were nervous because comic book properties were not what they are today. I can't believe that it's still going on where and you can adapt anything however you want. But where they said let's strip out everything that's too cartoony and then just have all of right. it just this. Because yeah. if Damon was shirtless but had a cape and his hair was gelled up like fire and he always just like showed off his pentagram scar and he wore like uh, knee high red boots, I'm in. Yeah. What are we doing here? Because that's what he looks like in the comics. I, w- I would like to ask you, Tompkins, what felt marvelly to you? Because this did feel well, like... Well, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, I mean, that is her yeah, last name, a little big. on the nose. But I feel like that's one of the failings here is like, if you want to be under the same umbrella, at least have a toe in your house style. And this, ha- I felt like, had none. They didn't even mention the thing in New York. I, gu- I guess... <laughs> I guess specifically, uh, I, I don't necessarily mean like all of, of Marvel, but like the phenomenon that some of the lesser Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, properties have, where they just have this kind of weird, um, half dark, uh, brooding quality to them. And also, like, I think it's important to remember how much uh, things have like changed within the MCU over the last, like, there were a lot of, like, the whole, like, we're joking constantly and, and it's this constant, like, dark thing joke, dark thing joke balance. That was not necessarily, like, a main feature of a lot of, like, the earlier movies. A lot of them are just kind of boring. Um, and so this has, like, specifically that feel. Like, the, the opening scene of this episode where Louise gets the fire poker thing, that felt like this weird, to me, kind of, like, pulled marvel punch where it's like we're gonna have something like that's just so fucked up and dark happen you're not even gonna believe it but then when you actually see it play out on screen it's just kind of like oh the poker okay well she's off to the hospital okay now bye i wonder it it also fails it because like it starts with a bang if you ignore that there's a whole scene that took way too long before that scene that should have opened this episode of damon looking at young damon on the bridge yeah contemplating both of them suicide which yeah i had some questions about that um did his dad so young damon jumps off the bridge falls to the water hopefully to his death uh and then pulls up short was that his dad saving him or was well, i it, think that was his first magic okay is stopping short but then not floating safely to the shore still getting dumped right <laughs> into that water i guess powers well, can't be perfect isn't there a voice that says like I'm your, you'll never, I'm your dad or something. It's <laughs> a voice <laughs> oh, that kind of. Bad. Well, and, that, and that's Bring too like. water with sugar in it. Sugar. Uh, for adaptations, for them to create such a convoluted mythology, because they basically lifted the name of the kids and that's it, and started making up the rest and still make it so convoluted and Byzantine and it makes no sense. That's fucking stupid. If you're going to make your own, like, start a little simpler so I'm not like, how is the character connected to the keeper connected to the blood and it's uh, it's definitely got that vibe of you can feel them sitting around thinking like guys really good shows are like this convoluted if we just make <laughs> this convoluted we'll be good too 
instead of just like having characters uh, that we like to watch bounce off of each other, which and they then, really failed at. Which, yeah, that this show is fucking god-awful at that more than anything, which, Tompkins, I don't know if you saw a lot of, because this was essentially a third act, and it's anytime that we have a guest on, I it's hard to not think about it from their perspective, like this being their first time. Um, just as far as like an episode of TV goes, this is not. It's just not an episode of television. Yeah. Like it's It starts just, with, yeah, <laughs> It's it's the pacing is ridiculous. It just, yeah, I mean like there's it it, it it yeah it starts the ground it hits the ground running and typically we complain that everything's boring but it really is the tenth hour of a ten hour movie and I'm I'm also tired of that you know like mm-hmm. you guys you guys aren't a movie you're not a miniseries you're you're bad at like the art form that you picked I think yeah. maybe maybe we should just accept this that. Uh, you can't just watch the tenth episode of something that they have every right to pace out their episodes however they want. But I don't, I don't like it. So it's bad I, and bad. Yeah, I mean, I guess like in principle, because it's like released on Hulu, and so like shows that are, you know, sort of TV form, but are also like being sort of designed with like binge watching in mind. You know, is, is I mean, how many people are there on the planet that did what Tompkins did? And went right to the tenth episode of a series that was all dropped at the same time. That's I get it. That's that yeah, doesn't well, work. Having only seen this, Tompkins, how would you describe Hellstrom? Well, what do you think this show is about? Having only seen the last thing, demon a guy and he his sister is uh, psychic, <laughs> and there's the blood, and. Um, they want to be good, but they're bad, sort of. Um, I like that rendition because it's it's mostly correct, but you also delivered it like you were a character on the show. <laughs> that, that's how they talk. <laughs> it's it's I I wanted to like I guess what I was trying to get at before with like the the sort of like Marvel to, is is to, to yeah so so. A lot of the early Marvel movies have this problem where it's like exactly what you were talking about with the, the Dolph Lundgren thing of like it's an inherently ridiculous premise and they try and ground it too much. Um, and they're losing out on the best thing that they have, which is an audience who presumably is like, OK, I'm like in for this world. I, I will. I'm already like by virtue of buying this ticket. I accept this premise. And so like you get like the early Thor movies, you know, and I think that's why Thor was the movie that like really sort of altered or or Thor Ragnarok was the movie that like altered the Marvel formula because literally like people are going into the ticket being like, okay, yeah, Asgardian God, who's actually an alien and he fights crime and stuff like that. And then the movie is like, this better be the wire. This better be, (laughs) (laughs) this better be like a Steve McQueen, uh, like drama about racism in our country. Yeah, and so, like, with this, it's, like, you get the very basic pieces of, like, okay, brother and sister, brother has demon powers, sister has psychic powers, they, like, are, there's, like, a Dexter thing going on, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, the elements for this to be, like, a cool, ridiculous, like, over-the-top-in-the-right-ways show are there, but it's so, it seems very obsessed with being, like, kind of a melodrama. A movie I never seen, but the stock is just has risen crazily over the last like five years or so. Is Constantine? Did you guys see that movie? Yes. Yeah. Does it do correctly what Hellstrom is so bad at? I think so. I I remember 
I don't love it, but I did not hate it as much as everybody else did. But back then, it was also dry, so it's just like whatever is based on comics. Yeah. You're like, I'm fine with this. Blade yeah. Trinity is sweet. <laughs> so so much of the hate on that was like, well, he should be blonde and British, and it's like, okay, let's move on and talk about this like a story. And I do think, all right, Adolf, not everybody has to look like that. It's very droll, and so it has its own tone. Where I think Hellstrom goes for dramatic, but it just comes out wooden because they're like, well, what if we weren't fun at all? Uh, and I think I wouldn't. Nobody would call Constantine a fun movie, but him and the angels back and forth is like droll and dry in a very specific way. And it's it it has like a um, the Constantine Point. movie, like the the scene where the demon is about to crawl out of the mirror and stuff like that. Like it gives you, um, you know, it's 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 cheesy in a dark way, mm-hmm. whereas this is just trying to be dark. And it's not trying to be scary. It's yeah. moody. This show goes for moody over all else. Yeah. So it's moody. So no, nah, never mind. I'm bailing on that one, guys. <laughs> I don't. I don't like what I was about to say. Just, just move on. Do you guys think how arrogant does it seem like they're trying to set up a second season? Still, do you think they should have just tried to make a great one season story? I think as much as we love to shit on creators, like we can admit, admit that. They tried really hard, and they thought they were making something great, and at some point, some part of it broke. I think that you have to make stuff with the confidence, if you're, at least if you're working on TV, that we know for a fact that there will be a second season. I guess I agree, but why I also hate the 10-hour movie versus actually making a TV show, because nobody, I don't think, has perfected the 10-hour movie, and it's tell a story, I and this have. season did not. It just kept going on and on and on. So Gabrielle jumping the blood, the father still being out there. It wasn't like, ooh, and there's a cliffhanger for the next season. It was like, so you didn't finish your thing you set out to do in 10 hours? <laughs> if you can't finish anything in 10 hours, then what the fuck? That's relatable. <laughs> How long have you been working on this? Um, yeah, I also it's I think having it end on uh, like like trying to set up a second season is, season is kind of a gift for whoever like actually likes this show because um you know like you see people who like still love Firefly and stuff like that and like mm-hmm. the lost potential of like oh the story's going to do so much more cool stuff you know like I I think for anyone who happens to actually like this that's kind of better than trying to wrap it up because you're not going to wrap it up well either so if someone for whatever reason uh <laughs> buys but into firefly this firefly had heart it had something I i'm not know. saying firefly i think firefly has become a little bit overrated but it is a good fun show but if if they had seen the writing on the wall and tried to be like eh, everyone's happy now we did it and like you know just wrap it up at the end of that season or something yeah uh, but, but they didn't they didn't go and watch next season. It was just like and more adventures. So if this just ended yeah. Hellstrom, more adventures, cool. But this like they it, it felt so thirsty. Yeah. Damien Hellstrom will return in Hellstrom two. Uh, that is all the time we have for Hellstrom. Uh, you did not watch any of it. If you still feel like you should after listening to us talk about, it, it's on Hulu, and hopefully we never have to talk about it. If you still and- feel like you should watch it after everything we've said, like. What the fuck do you think of us then? Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Well, I know I feel the opposite of them, so I listen to them every week and do whatever they tell me not to do. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, the pull list. 
The pull list is, of course, where we talk about every other show that came out this week, starting with The Walking Dead, World Beyond. On this week's World Beyond, the gang has tied up Silas because of all of his murders, giving him time to flash back to when he killed his dad. During the flashback, younger Silas flashes back to when he was even younger Silas, showing how (laughs) abusive the dad was. Taste Buds ask you this, how many flashbacks can you do at the same time? Seven. That's fucking but good. My nose will start to bleed, <laughs> and then I have to come out slowly, Inception style. What's crazy I, is, as you answered and you said seven, I saw your left eye roll to the back. You were currently having a flashback as you talked about it. I was it. flashing back to the last time somebody asked me about flashbacks. <laughs> did they I do a do better they. job than I did? They did. Uh, Tompkins, how do you feel about flashbacks? Should there be flashbacks within flashbacks? Uh, I think that flashbacks um, need to get some of the shade that voiceover uh, narration does as like a uh, screenwriter's crutch. I say way Uh, more. Voiceover takes way too much shit. Yeah. Voiceover can be... it's 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 easier to have fun with than a flashback even. Yeah. Like there are movies that where they're like, no, we're gonna have the voiceover be like a distinct element within this. Having like it I, I see way fewer things that do anything interesting at all with the concept of a flashback. It's really just a uh it's just a way of dealing with the fact that you don't know how to hint at or mm-hmm. use subtext to uh, describe a, a character's past. Ryan, do you feel like you learned about Silas from his flashback or his flashback to his flashback? Not really. I mean, this is like a 15-year-old kid who we knew was not going to be evil. Um, he does have a little bit of a rage problem, but he only kills villains. In fact, somebody they're trying to figure out if they should like send him away or not, and somebody brings that up in the meetings. They're like, you know, he only does kill really bad people. Um, <laughs> so that works out for him. But... Uh, of course, he was abused by his dad. The first time he's abused, um, or the first time that we see like him strike back at his dad, his dad is beating him up for being disrespectful, and then he punches his dad back, which you should defend yourself, but you also have to admit, that is being disrespectful yeah. to his dad. So That's quite disrespectful. That's one of the most disrespectful things you can do. His dad started <laughs> the life by being disrespectful and naming him Silas. So what did he expect? Uh, the only scene that we see of the two of them where the dad's being nice, um, they can't go to concerts anymore because it is the world beyond, much like we can't go to concerts now. And so he says, hey, do this. Puts a, like an old school ghetto blaster on the ground, and then he holds uh, his ear and his son's ear up to the ghetto blaster. And he's like, this is what a concert's like, which <laughs> is just still abusive. That, the, you're, you're abusing your kid even when you're uh, being nice to him. But that is what a concert's like. It I is, like yeah. standing up in the back away from people, drinking my drink calmly, knowing it won't get spilled on me. Which is why the only way that Silas can calm down is if he listens to headphones that are so loud that we in the audience are like, can you please turn that down? Turn that down. <laughs> then we get to the end real quick, and um, that's where all the surprises are. Uh, Silas is sent away, and Elton says, this is fucking bullshit. So he follows Silas. So now the boys are just on their own, probably to look for a dead body and curse a lot. And um, then we get a super different surprise where uh, Razzmatazz goes back and talks to the, the governess or whatever. Um, they're in cahoots. And oh, then my goodness. Also, the governess says, oh, just like our dad. I think they're sisters. They are 
40 years apart, so that's yeah. gnarly. Uh, do you have a moment of the week? My moment of the week is something that did not happen. When Razmataz went back to talk to Julia Ormond, the governess, I thought that she would just talk normal. You know, like the whole way that she talks was an act. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, let me get in character and start saying, like, ah, put the boogaloo down my shooty bop bop. But no, she, <laughs> she talked in the same fucking idiot way. The Walking Dead World Beyond is on Sundays on AMC. Next up is Fear, The Walking Dead. When Dakota goes missing, Strand sends Alicia and Charlie on a search and rescue mission to find her. An unlikely ally provides a new possibility of escape from Virginia. Taste Buds ask you this. What's the most you would do if a friend went missing during the Zombocalypse? Record a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> a missing persons podcast? No, about like nerd shit. <laughs> In their honor. You just say brought to you by their memory. Yeah, if either of you went missing, I'm not going searching. Sorry. You should not have done whatever you did. I just think if also if me and Tom, me or Tompkins go missing, um, it's better for the lives of everyone we know and love, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's more food and resources. Jobs are getting done better than if you had done them. Yeah, there's so much more food. <laughs> like people would be <laughs> shocked. <laughs> They'd be like, it basically was not an apocalypse. We had plenty. <laughs> Yeah, if we, we just kept the door closed and ate the food, but Tompkins, uh, what he thinks endearing of, oh, there's a last slice. I don't want anybody to have to fight for it. I'll just take it. Uh, really get, really kicks up when there's an apocalypse going on. Yeah. Fear the Walking Dead is on Sundays on AMC as well, I, so you can just have a Walking Dead block if you want and hate. I your cannot life. believe that there are like like I. The Walking Dead has never stopped perplexing me as a TV show. <laughs> it was never good at any point. It got maybe semi-close to good at a few small points. Everyone I know always said, like, oh, no, 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 dude, it just they just finally figured it out. And they were saying that up until, like, season six. I had people telling me, dude, just power through the first six seasons, and then it gets really interesting. <laughs> it's a national and- holiday every year <laughs> at about the same time. A contingent of people would be like, oh, it's back. It, it figured it out. It yeah. never had it. It never had it. It never will. And they are making more and more shows of it. I don't understand. I don't even know who is watching these. If are- you're out there listening and are interested in doing uh, every comic book TV show based on a Walking Dead comic spinoff show of Superhero Show Show, and you guys talk about that, and we talk about the rest. Please, contact at yourpodfilter.com. <laughs> we will give you rights to the superhero dead dead <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> Our last show uh, is exciting. It's a new one, Marvel 616 on Disney+, and it's our first documentary series. Yeah, it's, that's true, and that's weird. Uh, we have no idea how to talk about documentaries, so this is going to be weird. This week, so they didn't make any of this up? This week saw the premiere of Marvel 616, and we watched the first one. The show is a series of hour-long documentaries focusing on the rich legacy of Marvel's characters and culture through a wide variety of lenses. The first episode tells the story of a Japanese Spider-Man TV show, which eschewed Aunt May and Mary Jane for things that Japanese kids wanted, namely spider cars that fly into the butts of Sphinx spaceships that can also turn into giant robots with giant swords. Tis buds, I ask you this. Did this first episode get you pumped up to celebrate Marvel even more than we already do? And how many episodes of this particular Spider-Man show do you think you could actually get through? And Mike, you watch the hour. I want you to be honest. Wait, no, uh, wait. Hold on a second, though. That stuff happened? Wait, hold on. 
You oh, asked yeah. a question to not Tompkins, so he's going to jump in here. All that stuff happened? Objection. Yeah. That question was not to me. <laughs> that stuff all did happen, Tom. The robot spider? It's uh, a sphinx that turns the robot into a robot. robot sphinx happen? And the creator is like, yeah, Spider-Man. He should fly around <laughs> in a sphinx. And even like the narrative documentary is like, nobody ever asked him why. Yeah. And then it like, moved on. At one point, the, the, uh, they're interviewing the person who like did the special effects or the writer or somebody. Um, and they're like, did you think about making a, a spider spaceship instead of a sphinx spaceship? And he just sits there like quietly for three <laughs> seconds and then just cuts away. <laughs> that was the first time 40 years later that he had ever thought of that. <laughs> it, it, I, I'm pumped to just celebrate Marvel. Anybody? Yeah, I mean, uh, what, what, can, can a show be more up our dirty assholes than this? <laughs> online, people are like, it's, it's pretty just fluff. It's not like taking Marvel to task. Who fuck you? I don't give a shit. It's made by Marvel and Disney. What did you expect from this, man? <laughs> it's gonna be like a hard hitting. And by the way, do you know Disney was anti-Semitic? I know that's like not really what this is about, but we thought we'd squeeze it in there. I I love. There's the '70s feel about it because there's like two. There's like the the Asian creator who like did all the effects and creators like i thought transforming would be cool and basically invented transformers and every single power rangers ever because of that one little moment oh yeah <laughs> i've i've read a lot about japanese spider-man uh mike you and i've been trying to get the dvd set to cover it on superhero show show for a long uh-huh. time um i what i what was a surprise to me and i've watched tons of clips so like i know how wacky it is but what was a surprise to me is that they sort of nonchalantly go over the fact that oh we invented transformers uh, yeah. all of that <laughs> shit like we basically created 80s kid culture in america and then power rangers as well and everything else that came after oh and 90s kid culture but so th- th- there's the those th- and the other one is like uh the guy who's like well japan had manga and marvel wasn't doing that and so i just caught up stan lee and was like hey we've never met can i just take marvel to japan and he went yeah sure like it's so 70s that he just kept calling people went, can i make a thing and they're like sure well he called up stan lee and asked that and Stanley was like zoinks Excelsior, sure you can there, true believer. I so I I have a, I, I have not seen this. I'm interested to see it, but I'm looking at the list of episodes, and hearing what the first one is about makes what a lot of the other ones are about feel like a little bit of a letdown. Like if you said uh, Disney and Marvel are making a documentary about Marvel. I would think that it's going to be like, episode one, how cool is Marvel? Episode two, a little bit later, they were even cooler. And so picking something like really niche and weird and like digging into that and starting off with that is cool. And then that makes me think like, oh, I wonder what else they're going to like, what other weird zany aspects Mm. of this? But then you look at the other episodes and it's like, no, they're just they're just hour long Marvel commercials. Like, yeah, stuff that you show employees at seminars. Yeah, it's this one's about toys and comic books. Uh, this one's about the Marvel method. I don't care. I love this one's about. I don't. I don't get. I don't like your tone right now. I'm <laughs> this. I, 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 I want to know how much the filmmakers had a uh, hand in picking because it's eight different filmmakers that just kind of do their thing, and each one feels very different because of that. But I wonder if did Paul Shear show up and go? I wanted to make my episode about this or did they have like topics and whoever showed up last is like i guess i'm doing cosplay what it sort of <laughs> what it sort of feels like is disney plus's version of 30 for 30 uh-huh. and what 30 for 30 was was they just reached out to filmmakers and said uh please make an hour-long doc 
what the fuck ever. We literally do not care after that. Um, and that's I, that's one way to do it. But it feels weird that I, some of the first people that they would go out to are Paul Shear and then two-thirds of the female cast of Community. Yeah. It, it really feels like, who's in my phone right now? <laughs> and I'm excited to see what they did. And I, I, I wish I had looked up who did this one. But I do think you're right, Tom. This should probably have been the season finale. Because it was so cool and niche well, and weird and like, I think they I, were all I, dropped at the same time. Like, right? But it's yeah. still people aren't what Pete like. It's one of eight. This is. So I'm, this just, is I'm just saying this is easier to skip around more than like Hellstrom is. Right. Uh, once, we tried. Once that. they have like, depending on how they got about this, I th- I think maybe you're right. Like, but I I think once you're at the point where it's like. Uh, yeah, these are just the eight episodes we have or whatever. Maybe this one should go a little bit later. Um, but also, all eight should have been this specific. Like, there's there's the one, there, one of them is about women in Marvel, which is cool. But, like, why not also get as specific as this about that and have it be about, like, one particular woman and a very interesting, like, thing that happened in her career or something like. I, I just, I'm... I'm overall tired of documentaries that are like here is like a Wikipedia page with mm-hmm. people reading the Wikipedia lines. And, and all and it we seems did like was a lot we, of the episodes of this. During mm-hmm. quarantine, we sent cameras to nine people, turned them on, they said stuff, we put it together, here it is. Like that's <laughs> yeah. basically that's how what this one was, but I can the good thing is that if this is successful, future seasons almost by definition have to get more specific. You right. know? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna get an hour on Modoc, and I cannot wait. Oh, that would be great. Uh, back to the episode, Mike. Um, I think that the thing that the episode suffered from the most was a guy named Gene Pelk, who was the guy who kept going back and forth from uh, America and Japan and trying to yeah, make this the guy work. who's just like I just made a phone call and then I was number two at Marvel. Yeah. One eight hundred dial Marvel now, and you could just be that. Um, he's not the most charismatic guy or no. the best storyteller and they don't let a narrator take over they just right. they just show he's, him sitting on a stool for the entire time he's the main storyteller and it does feel like well he's white and speaks english because i would much rather have had the oh choreographer or the uh creative designer or the star it, the fucking Man, star you, is a fucking star shinji toto dusty when he talked about it, he learned on and so did he and so did i and so did you at the same time yeah he learned on camera that Stan Lee was a fan of the show and loved it, and he starts to weep, and I started to weep, and it was just amazing. Uh, just so, like there's just like no uh, irony or cynicism yeah. in this guy. He just like he, and he, it's not like he's capitalizing on this. It's not like he's uh, like money grubbing at um, conventions. He's just on this interview, just talking about how awesome it was to be in the show, and it was so endearing. And he should have been in way more of the episode. Yeah. And that he was only an extra. He was a background player before the show, but somebody saw him and went, we like his hair. He should be our version of Peter Parker. <laughs> and two weeks before they filmed uh, Peter Parker's dad dying in the pilot, his own dad died, yeah. and he just had to channel that in the episode. Ah. And he's like, yeah, that's the one time they uh, let me improvise, so I just uh, yelled what I would have yelled at my dad. It's like, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> I'm... I have to, after we're done with this, uh, I have to record an episode of Movie of the Year where we're going to do a Hall of Fame segment. I'm going to nominate Shinji Toto, star of Japanese Spider-Man, Mike, and I expect you to back me up. I always will. 
I will always back Shinji. Uh, that is, I'm I'm so excited to watch this week in week out because it's at least one thing I get to look forward to that we're watching for this show for the next eight weeks. Also, Hellstrom's over. Do, uh, and that's great. Do you guys uh, like TV or comic books? Love comic you books. You <laughs> Like TV. I lately I don't like when they combine. Uh, all the rest of the episodes are out now on Disney Plus. We're watching them week by week. And wait, hold on. Before you get to that segue, this segue is going to answer Tompkins' question. Hell yeah, because when we come back, it's time for X, Tasmania. Taste Buds, before we get to our next segment, I do have a couple of questions for you that are uh, incredibly important. Now, you wouldn't pay for a house without getting the keys to the house first, right? Mike, frankly, that seems insane. You wouldn't wouldn't buy a car before buying all the tools you need to drive that car that's separate than keys? I say why buy the car when you can get milk for free. Where do you get free milk? Car, my car. <laughs> Your car gives you milk? <laughs> yeah. Your well, car came is with a, Ryan. Can you milk it? Came with a bunch of milk in the trunk. What are, what are other examples, Tom? You can give me one of uh, you wouldn't get a thing without the tool. Uh, you wouldn't buy a computer game without a computer. That's true. Thank you. Tell that to my Nana in 1995. It's an absurd <laughs> gift. Get me the computer first, Nana. So why? Do Wait, you- hold on. I got one. I got one. Okay. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You would not get the computer game without the computer. No, that's that's what Tompkins just said, though. Well, we that's said it, it at the same it's time. It's eerily close, if nothing else. It was. I think it was. It was Jinx. <laughs> Jinx. Now you owe me a Coke, there, bud. <laughs> you wouldn't drink a Coke. Without knowing you could go to the dentist later, would you? Now that that doesn't line up as perfect. You wouldn't. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't buy, drink a Coke in the 1940s without a bottle opener and a little bit of racism. That's true. <laughs> that was required. They gave you the the test as you bought the Coke. Hold on, I have a I have one. Uh, it's coming to me now. You wouldn't buy a toothbrush mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. without any teeth. <laughs> with a computer? No, no, we're getting too hung up with the computer. Uh, Without a computer so game. With all of that, yeah, why but... do people expect anything different from their website provider? Uh, not, rhetorical, rhetorical. not rhetorical, not rhetorical. <laughs> I never ask rhetorical questions. I don't uh, know, Mike. Why would they? It's absurd, and that's why Cybersprout provides tools and training that makes managing and tweaking your business's website a breeze. From easy-to-edit fields, custom templates, and drag-and-drop tools, you'll have the power to keep your site current. And if you need help, Cybersprout is always available. If you're like us, uh, they did our whole website. I didn't know they had those tools because they also used those tools. I would say, you wouldn't hire a plumber to fix your sink and then fix it with him next to you, would you? Neither did we. We just had Cybersprout fix our sink and make our great website. So they will do plumbing as well. Yeah, Cybersprout. Websites and plumbing they are your partner for the digital world go to cybersprout.net to get started and they were our partner until that commercial (laughs) (laughs) and now welcome to x tasmania bitch the show within a show where we take an in-depth episode by episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime early morning soap opera of the early 90s x-men the animated series today we're talking about episode 105 where Storm has a paralyzing case of claustrophobia and must overcome this as the X-Men venture into the New York sewers to rescue Jean Grey and Cyclops from a deformed race of mutants called the Morlocks. 
Storm confronts the leader of the Morlocks, Callisto, who wants Cyclops to rule beside her as king. When the X-Men win, Wolverine leaves when Jean stays with Cyclops instead of jumping into his adamantium bed. All that and more on tonight's X-Tasmania, bitch. The show within a show where we take... No, that's fine. We can just jump in. Let's start right away again, like I was talking about Hellstrom. Watching this, knowing that I don't know if Tompkins has been watching along with us, so this might be his first one. And they give you a previously on, which has no voiceover, no dialogue. It's just (laughs) insane amounts of random action. How? We... What? Why? Like, we know that previously on stuff happened. What we're supposed to be is, like, informed. Instead, it was just like, Beast, punch that guy. That was it. I I felt pretty caught up. Did, did What is your history with the X-Men, the animated series? Tompkins, have you seen it before? Did you watch it as a kid? I definitely watched it as a kid. Um, and at one point in, like, my early 20s, went back and watched it more. And the thing that stood out to me the most that time around was just how putrid a lot of the animation is. Um, this time, some some of the more fun and nostalgic parts made it through a lot more, I think because I was ready for the parts mm-hmm. where someone like, yeah, goes to punch, and it's like, oh, wow, you managed to do that in just two frames. Yeah, like we always say, uh, almost every individual frame looks good like it's uh, straight out of a 90s comic book but when in motion it makes you want to throw up everywhere <laughs> it's just uh it's like those rides that aren't real rides they're just a tv screen but you're yeah like, you're on a roller coaster it's it's like do you want motion sickness that's what you're gonna get uh so we we do start this episode a little differently than the last four because uh, it's mellow gene and scott are just strolling through new york city on a date on a yeah. goddamn date they went to see a movie. They finally get to go on a date. What what kind of movie do you think these two would both enjoy? Mask of Zorro. <laughs> oh, no. Watch out for Crime Alley. <laughs> finally, we get Batman and Marvel. I noticed that Jean Grey specifically did not wear her pearls just because she didn't want anything bad to happen no, that night. That's begging for it. They both do. Like Jean does have like a probably elbow pads bigger than they should be, and Scott looks exactly like Dwight. On That's the uh, a big. Wait, do you mean shoulder pads? Between... Huh? Do you mean shoulder pads? What did I say? Elbow pads. Like she's not a hockey player. <laughs> no, and then she like <laughs> double tapped her elbow. And... <laughs> a big difference between I think uh, DC and Marvel is that in DC, uh, Batman's mom wears a, a pearl necklace and then it gets torn off. Where uh, Jean Grey starts the night without a Just pearl finish necklace. It. <laughs> I, w- uh, I wish the listeners could see your face. Just watching like, this face. I finish? Just go. <laughs> Keep going. Oh, God. Uh, like a that's... goddamn Vegas lounge singer. <laughs> winking, <laughs> winking at the audience through the entire sentence. So, uh, Gene and Psych are on their date. Uh, also, do- it's not just the beams from his eyes for Scott Summers. Like, that... The pearl necklace that he's going to give her is just going to fucking <laughs> blow her head off. Little red rubies all around her neck. Uh. Uh, and then there's this little green boy who steals from a newsstand and uh, runs away. And because there's the mutant code, they decide to jump in. And they're like, we got to save this kid, even though he broke the law. <laughs> and it's it's straight up now times. Um, it just if you're on one side of, uh, you know, politics, uh, 
people hate mutants so much that they're like, did this? Did something happen to Fruit Vendor, our local fruit vendor? I will join a gang and chase a child immediately yeah. just to get revenge for Fruit Vendor. Are gonna draw and quarter this eight-year-old green boy? They attack everything we care about, <laughs> from our fruit to our vendors. <laughs> and so, I bet if this. If we were playing our favorite fruit anthem, this little boy would take a knee. Let's get him. <laughs> so Leech takes off, uh, speaking something like Yoda, uh, and he runs down, and they're like, well, we shouldn't let these adults rip this child apart, so let's ruin our date. Uh, it's a living. And they run down there, and then there's uh, the Morlocks. All these freaks start attacking the humans. They're like, wait, wait, wait. Maybe we should protect the humans. Uh, and Jean goes from badass to puss immediately. She's like, you're messing with the wrong X-Men, and then trips and screams the loudest, shriekiest shriek. <laughs> yeah. Did you think for a second that she was Jean claustrophobic? <laughs> yes. What was that, Tompkins? A lot of highs and lows for Jean in this episode. I know. It's crazy how she's she's basically a god. She has the power of a god. But yeah. if there's a speed bump in her way, she will fall and eat shit and knock two teeth out. uh when they're so flash and the everybody else is hanging out in the danger room and training uh and they're like posing and prepping powers and rogue just sits there and slowly smells her finger (laughs) (laughs) what she should be doing is asking someone else to smell her finger but then they could she could take their sense of smell yes (laughs) can we can we just talk about the logistics of the danger room real quick? This is something that I don't yes. think we've ever gotten into. Millions um, of dollars lost a week. <laughs> when when you turn it off, it's just like a room of tiles. There's tiles on the floor, the ceiling, the walls. But when yeah. you turn it on, there's actual tangible things that you can destroy. And also, you could also get killed in there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it, this particular one. It's not it called the like... not danger room. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, that is true. Uh, it's also confusing because this mansion also has a war room, which is what I would have called the danger room, but that's what they call their TV room. It's kind of like when you go to a friend's house, they're like, oh, do you want to hang out in the family room? And you're like, my family, your family? all separately, so I don't know what the fuck kind of room you're talking about. With whose family? <laughs> yeah, or like some places have like a den. What the fuck is yeah, a the, den? Uh, we had a playroom, god damn it. <laughs> den. I think den is... Wait, den is the one that you can hang out in, and living room is the one that you cannot? Yeah, I think... The it, living room is just filled with uh, expensive china that you cannot touch. Yeah, and like a couch yeah. that doesn't look comfortable, but if you even look at it, your friend's mom will yell at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and your grandma's always in that room going through the carpet with a fork. <laughs> to find a piece <laughs> of corn? or what? No, to like fluff the carpet or something. I don't know what she was doing in there. Okay, that is crazy. Yeah. Uh is that not a universal experience? Am I learning so, that just now? <laughs> the danger room is also where Professor X unloads his like resentment on these young, pretty twenty somethings because he just like rains bricks upon Storm, and somebody's like, "You should stop that because she's claustrophobic." He's like, "Yup," and then doubles down on the bricks on her. <laughs> Which isn't yeah. the only time. Later on in the episode, uh, she's getting claustrophobic, and everybody's like, hey, we should help her. And Wolverine's like, she wanted help, she could ask. <laughs> what, <laughs> Otherwise, what let the bitch scream. Yeah. Not being helpful. In the meantime, Storm is just doing that scream that's not even one of her powers. It's just, ah! 
Also, is, one one thing I remembered from this that that or like did not remember until I rewatched it, but but Storm's powers work very differently in this show than they do like in, in most real of, life. Like, Say in real life. <laughs> in real life. <laughs> How so? Uh usually like I in the comic books I feel like her powers are more like they were in like the first movies where it's like big weather changes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like she can strike you with a bolt of lightning, but it comes from the sky, you know. Right. Where in this like in these closed quarters, like when they when they're in a battle, it's just like lightning blast, lightning blast, like ice blast. Just, it yeah. just comes from her hands, yeah. Yeah. Much more powerful this way. Yeah. Her power is a lot higher in this. Go into the sewers. I, I did forget, so the uh, before the date, uh, Jean's like running. Scott's in the car. You know how in the 90s he had to warm cars up for some reason, so the, the man is always just in the car early listening to his Because the planet radio. was too cold. Just playing Rush Limbaugh or whatever. The and wife Jean's says, like, husband, it's halfway through the movie. Will you please leave and, ex- <laughs> and, and go warm up the car? So J- Wolverine like uh, gets in Jean's way in the hallway, and they're just like chatting about work or whatever. And then she's like, "Okay, well, Cyclops is waiting for me," and he goes, "So am I," which is the weirdest <laughs> thing you could say to somebody that you know they're about to go on a date with your mutual roommate. And one hundred percent. Then all of a sudden, Wolverine sort of falls over and goes, "Owie!" One hundred percent. That was faked. He saw yes. Jean about to go on a date, and he was like, uh, 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 and then faked an injury, so she would come and, like, <laughs> c- cater to him. Because she, she does have Nightingale Syndrome, and she's just in love with whoever's the most hurt in that mansion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, ouch, owie. And then while they're on their date... During the, just... during the chase of Leech, I guess, uh-huh. uh, the fruit vendor stubs his toe, and he's like, ow, and Jean Grey's like, hello, who are you? <laughs> Everything okay. slows down, and they make eye contact. Yeah. Uh, but while they're on their date and first getting kidnapped by the Morlocks, Wolverine is just staring at a picture of her. And this is it, right? This is a big X Men yeah. animated series the moment, meme, right? And he's just, you know, slowly jerking off. Oh, he absolutely <laughs> rubbed one out, laying in bed in yeah. full costume. By the way, claws out. <laughs> That's how he feels, man. He's, this is not Logan. He's in full yellow and blue X Men costume, <laughs> well, yeah, waking Logan it has- to a frame. Healthy emotional boundaries. Wolverine does not. That's the difference. Yeah, and I, of course, knew that the meme before. I did not realize that he cuts the, he, like, cuts the picture with his claw. Like a fucking psychotic child. The most savage warrior in comic book history pops out one tiny claw and puts a little hole in the picture. (laughs) Well, at least we didn't have to see him put his lips where Gene's lips go and go, oh, I love you, Logan. (laughs) You mean at least we didn't. If that happened, that's all we would be talking about. Yeah. So uh, we find out the reason Leech uh, stole from the fruit vendor, it was all a ruse because Callista wants to fuck Scott and says she will kill Jean unless uh, Scott says, yes, Callista is the leader of the Morlocks, the sewer mutants, and they've caught the X-Men on the newscast, and she's fallen in love with Cyclops. And it's not subtle about this. On no. a children's Saturday yeah. morning show, she is like, I she want says, Cyclops like, fucking jism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want it all up in my pussy. All seen your top one eye. Does I gotta the, the also just have one eye. Callisto is is rocking some 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 hot uh, Andro looks, and yeah. just everything about how unadvisable the situation is really like fucked with me watching this. I found myself deeply being like, "You should do it. You should do it." Man. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, yeah, Gene's going to keep almost fucking your roommate every time he gets hurt. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or doesn't get hurt, just fakes it. Uh, the thing that would have stopped you, I think, Tompkins, if you were in that situation in real life, is we have to remember that Callisto smells like a fucking dirty bag of shit. <laughs> yeah. Just human feces. The culture of these Morlocks, they, they like at tops they've been there a few years, but they have new sets of rules that are different from human culture and new ways of talking like they've been there for centuries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the end, one of them is like, we can't go ups, we can't go to the surface. They won't understand our bugalaboo. Like, I, nobody you, does, bro. You know, though, like anytime you know, a group gets like lost on an island or it goes into the seclusion to seclude themselves, there has to be that awkward moment where, like, some people are way too eager to adopt, like, sewer yeah. people mannerisms. <laughs> yes. The surface folk would never... Terry, we've been down here for two days, okay? <laughs> Please don't braveheart your face with pieces. <laughs> Three minutes in, you're just eating a giant bowl of pasta with your feet. You're like, yeah. oh, this is terrible. <laughs> this, this is, is how we live down here. <laughs> okay, you're from Brooklyn. We know you're relaxing. <laughs> But the the Morlocks look so like Callisto, like you said, just looks androgynous. Leech is green. Erg just has an eye patch, and then there's eight old ladies. Only yeah. some of them couldn't pass on the surface world. <laughs> the, yeah. the person that I will, uh, the person that put Jean and Scott into like a sleep, I will uh, call Granny Night Night because I don't know her real name. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's sleep. like the surface will never accept us because I, I maybe she's seventeen. And the surface will never accept her because she's a babushka. <laughs> yeah, she, she still thinks there's very Eastern European racism up there. <laughs> and then the other old lady just has a beanie on, and they have very similar powers. Yeah. yeah. Once you get they to a certain age. They just get to whisper stuff, and yeah. people think it. It's either go to sleep, you're my baby daughter, or covered in scorpions. That's the ladies of the powers of old ladies also i have to point out that uh when callisto is making her pitch to cyclops she has a full-on homeless powerpoint which is two junked old school tvs that show the specific (laughs) footage of shit she wants him to see at the exact right time she gets up on a stage and like has a little (laughs) laser pointer and she's like just doing a seminar She she would rule a TEDx. I don't know if she could go full TED stage, but she could do TEDx. Yeah, for sure. Is the X for X Men? It is TED X Men. Is she young enough to do TED Teens? I think she could shine there. They, I think they all are. Yeah. Uh, So apparently, she gives Scott a long time to think because the X Men then have time to go to the subway to save them. Uh. And yeah, have that w- discussion about Storm. She's like, I'm claustrophobic. And everybody's like, love it or leave it, bitch. <laughs> and then keeps on going. But she's supposed to be the field leader. So she's like, I guess I'll keep going. I got it. One one of the coolest things about rewatching this was seeing the claustrophobia moment in the beginning and knowing mm-hmm. that it would come back at the end. And how yeah. it's just like, you know, like baby's first screen. Right? You know, like as a kid, that's the kind of where – you start to understand how stories work because of right. stuff like that. We are like, oh, the claustrophobic. Oh, she has to overcome. You know, like that. That's right. cool. I like that. And also, as a kid, you don't notice in episode four, the claustrophobia is there for no reason. It's jammed in. <laughs> yeah, just so, just so they can have this episode. Yeah, and I do think it's important for in the early '90s to have the black woman on the team be the field leader and go through that arc. And not only does she have that human moment of being claustrophobic, she pushes through it and then destroys the sewer mutants and lightsaber battles. Uh, 
Not only is she black, not only is she a woman, but she is the only person that I noticed who has power-themed earrings. Uh, yeah. Nobody else has impeccable like, style. Their power this, there. I mean, representation for people who wear earrings that represent their superpower is I still think it's lacking in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, so yeah, Mike, let's get to that. They, of course, do uh, in traditional underground style uh, Darth Maul fight. And, <laughs> and I do like Storm doesn't know the rules, but she sees how they smell and is like, if I kill your leader, we're all cool and I'm your leader. That wasn't a rule <laughs> they pitched. <laughs> But and also I love the kind of leader. Like this is the exact leader I will be. Yeah, uh, it's first of all I would obviously defeat everyone, but the second they're defeated, I'd be like, uh, listen to her. She's still in charge. I gotta <laughs> go. I got shit to she's do. She's your general manager. I'm busy. I have a few more lot crews around the country I have to check in on. So. I'm a district manager. I go around and make sure the general managers are doing a good job. Yeah, all the various underground communities. Um, like, I don't know if you guys saw through this. I mostly just wanted to get my friends out of here. <laughs> you you do get the feeling that like financial irresponsibility is that it's it like there's a lot of normal looking Morlocks. They have <laughs> like fancy lightsabers and they're collecting TVs <laughs> and they're you know like I hate like obviously the the onus is on society to create you know uh, a comfortable living situation for all people, but. It's hard not to question the Morlock right. strategy. So if I can, what Tompkins and only Tompkins is definitely saying is they can't feed their kids, but they'd have the newest iPhone. And that's all on them. <laughs> man. That's why they don't have, have you, Did you see that? You noticed this? Like, well, but, but for them, though, like all you have to do is – like the way that their society works is you wait for things to be flushed. And they just – they. They are in a sewer around a mansion who is constantly flushing lightsabers and TVs down the toilet. <laughs> yeah. And that's how they get all their new shit. That's yeah. why they call it Black Use Friday. A lightsaber once <laughs> and flush it. Uh, the, the, the big, uh, so that's the end of the episode. And like the, the teaser at the end is uh, Wolverine is upset that Jean is still not with him for some reason, even after all of the nothing he's done to try to get her. And he leaves. And that's when Gene's like, oh, maybe I should leave Cyclops. Dude, Mike, I think that we're going to be talking about this for a while, but after five he episodes. should have just faked another injury. Are you, <laughs> are you surprised that Wolverine was, like, the popular character? Dude, He's yeah, such a I, fucking I, little yeah. bitch, dude. I loved him. I was him for, I don't know how many Halloweens. He was my guy growing up. And he the, is, the now fact it makes that sense. Brian Singer's X-Men, the fact that it had Wolverine, like, is what made it a hit. Like, people were all about this little fucking idiot well when i was sense because when you were at tompkins when i was a a, a lonely loser of a kid it was like yeah why doesn't gene see that he's so cool and he could fight and he could probably beat scott up even and he's oh so charming and handsome and cool and he's the leader i guess that's so cool for you now i'm an adult with a fucking girlfriend (laughs) i don't don't like wolverine (laughs) Yeah, just pay your bills and take her out on nice dates, you fucking weird, hairy guy. Uh, Wolverine, everybody thinks, says they like him because he's tough and cool, but it's just who we all were in middle school and high school. That's yeah. why people were actually into him. He basically, he basically says all of your pouting is okay. You know the way yeah. that you just become a little fucking asshole yeah. for an hour every I'm day? Yeah, cool. Nobody gets me. I'm Nobody right really gets your cool I am. Uh I wish we could just keep talking about this episode, but it is time for... It's very... It, it's a slight tangent. 
but like the way that like there would be that one kid who watched too much like Dragon Ball Z and then would try to stand out to a bully and be like, my rage is feeling <laughs> like just trying to do like Dragon Ball Z shit. And the idea of like, I'm so angry now that I will have super strength and then they would just get fucking clocked. That's, that's like very much Thought the. Mystery Men was a documentary. Also, one more thing about one more thing about the ending that I want to point out. Um, uh, Leech healed, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh, Scott's eyes, right, temporarily. So they his powers come back at any point. At the end, Gene and Scott kiss, and she's like, "Oh, I I didn't know you had such beautiful eyes." At any point, his powers could come back. <laughs> just I, blast what I wanted. What I wanted was she had the, the ending just to have the top of her head just sliced right the fuck off. <laughs> then he scoops her brain. Because that's what I'm into. <laughs> it is awards season, and we are going to start off with a fun one. Most 90s. Tompkins, what's the most 90s moment? Uh, for me, the most 90s moment was when you see Erg, who is um, suspiciously like Cyclops in power. He shoots things out of one eye instead of two, mm-hmm. and he has an eye patch that he lifts up that the blast comes out of. And he also has a like three foot tall gray flat top. Yeah. That he has is... Guile's hair. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Guile or, um, uh, professor X's kid. Oh, David Holler. Yeah. Legion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very nineties cartoon style there, mm-hmm. especially in how it's like, Oh, well let's take this other character and throw an eye patch on him. <laughs> Ryan, what's yours? My most 90s moment, this is a little bit uh, 80s moment, but I think it definitely folded into the 90s, is we did not at any point talk about uh, Remy LeBeau, but he does not miss an opportunity to say the fucking lamest action hero punchline at the end of anything that happens to him. Just like I, he and Wolverine got get stuck by what I will now call Tar Baby, I guess. <laughs> you don't have to. Okay, no, I don't have to. not. The <laughs> slinger. And he's like, uh, ah, ah, sticky situation. And Wolverine straight up like, fuck this. Get me out of here. I can't take this idiot anymore. Uh, mine is Cyclops. His his outfit for their date is khaki pants and a mustard yellow shirt and a different darker mustard yellow tie. That is, He looks like he just got off work selling used cars. But no, this is him dressing nicely. To go to the movies. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to give this one to Tompkins because that three-foot hairstyle was fucking everywhere. It was Everyone kid or play. It was kid and or play. Uh, what would you say the best joke of this episode is, Ryan? Uh, I, did, I thought that we're not doing this one anymore, Cassie. That's the one we're not uh, doing yeah. anymore. Way to fucking be a shitty host. But okay, way to be a shitty panelist and not just keep going. Yes, and it's Psych has his problems, but smelling like a Morlock ain't one of them by Wolverine. Best use of powers, Tompkins. Uh, definitely convincing Jean that you're her mommy. <laughs> oh man, we should we we've talked a little bit about all of the erections this episode gave us, but this has to be my biggest. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was Ryan. <laughs> I, again, I already talked about it, but to be the fiercest warrior uh, in the world in this uh, universe, and then to prove it by planting that claw right through that fucking weak ass picture. Showing it who's <laughs> boss. Uh, 
mine is also Wolverine involved. It's the lady who convinced Jean she's her mommy. When Wolverine finds them, and he's like, I'm going to stab you. She's like, how can you when you're covered in squirrels? Uh, <laughs> that's the best part because yeah. I'm not. He screams Wicker Man style and goes, no, I'm covered in scorpions. He says it immediately. If anybody was doubting it in the audience, he immediately screams, oh, shit, I'm covered in scorpions. <laughs> Okay, LVP, Ryan. I This guy, I can't believe we didn't talk about. This guy is always there throughout this entire episode doing jack shit. Uh, I don't know oh, his... baby boy? Yeah, I don't know his name. It's the giant Morlock who is literally wearing a yellow pashmina with his <laughs> uh, dirty homeless clothes. He's supposed to be the, the tough guy, the strong man, and he is incapable of doing anything productive whatsoever. That is, yeah, he looks like scary and tough and does nothing, but uh, Tompkins? Uh, Wolverine, by a mile to me. He is constantly present. He is constantly fucking everything up. He is constantly making me not like him. He is defeated <laughs> by the illusion of scorpions, as you mentioned. Uh, it's and it's not about good. It. Yeah. <laughs> also, did we uh, my- talk about how when Cyclops and Gene walk into his room, it's not just that they notice that he's gone, but everything is pushed off its like surface. Like yeah. everything that was on the desk or shelves is on the ground because Wolverine got he, pissy. He threw a paw rod from Wet Hot style. <laughs> uh, mine is Jean, as it almost always is. Uh, we're told forever that she's one of their most powerful, but she trips and sucks so often throughout this episode and thinks yeah, the old lady's does. her mommy. Yeah. MVP, Tompkins. My MVP is Storm. She overcome the claustrophobia. That's badass. She exhibits powers I did not know that Storm has. And she wins a lightsaber duel. Uh, and earrings. And, and she earrings. had earrings. Ryan? Mine's Jean. I, I think that Ooh. like this is this episode finally reveals why they have to keep her at home. You know, like why you sort of write Superman or Hulk out of big group things is because uh in a time without cell phones, she's like, hey, I'm captured. Hey, Professor X, I'm captured. You know, like, she can really do anything. <laughs> uh, I know that she does have some, uh, I don't know, she does She does fuck up a couple of times in this episode, but uh, even her depowered is clearly far more powerful than anybody else on this team. But she can't do anything. Uh, I just, hear, it's Storm. It's clearly Storm. Storm is the winner <laughs> of this one. All right, well, I didn't have to choose Mike's MVP. I got to choose my own. Yeah, but then as the host, I choose who wins from that. Nobody gives a shit about that. It's, again, it's only $5,000 that you get if you win. I don't need the fucking money, bro. <laughs> money banks Magoo over here. Gosh damn it. That is X-Men Tasmania. Wait, did we do That's... gasp? Nope. Biggest gasp line, right? That's you, guys what are, you... you guys are great at yes ending, man. Fucking A. Tell me your gasp. Moment. I don't give a shit. Go. Either one of you. Talk over each other. <laughs> My biggest gas line is, you already said it earlier, when she says, you messed with the wrong X-Men, I gasped because I had thought that the the machines were messing with the right X-Men, and she set them straight. And then she gets fucked over right away. She's <laughs> That's a good one. Um, Ryan? I, I, I literally gasped when uh, Callisto said, I... Just want Scott Summers to unleash his ball juice into my wet, moist yeah. pussy. That was, <laughs> that was shocking. crazy. Yeah, that one will take it. I will. That's... I will say uh, when Jake Grace started saying, 
uh, mommy, please help me that the bad people are here. Um, it wasn't quite a gasp that escaped my mouth, but there was certainly noises. <laughs> guttural man. That is all the time it's we called have. Jism. That's the show. Tompkins. Yeah. What uh, what websites are out there that people should go to? <sighs> um, yourpopfilter.com has some cool stuff. I've been there a couple times. Find a podcast there. Uh, some articles, stuff like that. Twitter. Did you add stuff to your cart? What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Put everything in your cart that you see on that website. I got a shopping cart from the grocery store, and I put my monitor into the cart. <laughs> yeah. Um, hoping Perfect. to buy the website. Twitter.com um, is not one of the websites you should go to. Oh. I do go there, though. Like a weird old person who uses Twitter? It's No, I'm looking for <laughs> patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Is the Twitter answer, or yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon, yourpuffer.com slash Amazon. Those are, those are the websites I'm looking for. Ryan, social media, which Mike, is clearly where social media should happen. Twitter.com. I can tell that Mike is done with the show because... Uh, At your pop filter on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> he, he, just, he just asked a guest to do an ad that he's never done before. The guest got it wrong. And Mike is now acting like the most furious, passive-aggressive stepdad that I have ever had. And he's I have had a few... <laughs> Contact at yourpopfilter.com. Let me know if I'm acting like your passive-aggressive stepdad or if Ryan's completely wrong here. Wait, are you making the argument that my stepdads acted that way because of me? Yeah. No, it's because they were stepdads. Uh, Please subscribe, rate, and review to Superhero Show Show. Ryan, one more show people should check out. Oh, I would check out Movie of the Year. That's a show where me and my good friend Greg... Uh, go up against a fucking demon beast asshole uh, to, to try and win his love, even though the love is unavailable because he has no emotions and is mean that to is everyone. That's a move. <laughs> Tompkins, name another podcast people could check out. Um, Superhero Show Show. Yeah, That's I love one. that one. I love it. That's fine. <laughs> I would have accepted at that point. I would have accepted literally any. Uh, Cassie's not here, so we don't give a shit about the unnatural twenties this week. Next week, the season finale of The Walking Dead: World Beyond is here, leading us to twelve straight weeks. Thank God of no Walking Dead, plus more X Men, the animated series, and more Marvel six one six. Upset. <laughs>